is there a common problem you would say you see with other kids, maybe not as good a learning or adults, even when they go to try and absorb, they do this versus what should you be doing? Can you give us some insight into that? A big problem, which I struggled with, I see a lot of younger kids struggling with, adults struggling with, is all absorbed with their chest. So they're bringing little, yeah. their chest down to their knees. So they kind of turn into like this whole rocking situation. Instead of just bringing your knees up, they bring their chest down to it and it just throws off your entire turn. That was Ava Keenan a young 13-year-old mogul skier with sights set on the 2030 Olympics and a gold medal nonetheless. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast. I think this is going to be a really inspiring episode and great timing, early season. Set your goals now. I think that's the main takeaway from this uh, chat I had with Ava. It certainly inspired me to really check my goals. What do I want to do over the next bit of time? Yeah, it just reminds me, whenever you see sort of stories about world champions, you often see this theme of, you know, they've set the goal well back, like when they were small, there was something they wrote down. There's a video of them talking to their parents about how they want to become a gold medalist or be world champion. So I think it's really powerful. We all know that setting goals is important, but you know, if there's something you really want to do in your life, like write it down and be accountable for it. So I think we're lucky to sort of capture in this moment someone who i think is really on their way there this episode i loved it i love mogul skiing i love technique and i got to chat with ava about it similar things i'm kind of working on in my own mogul skiing we talked to her about what she's trying to fix some of the problems equipment other insights into the world of competitive mogul skiing so she's a brilliant young lady. I wish her all the best. And if you can do me one favor, I'd say follow Ava Keenan on Instagram. Ava.Keenan, you'll find her there. Could be someone to really watch out in the future. And I think if we get behind her, support her, let's just see what this young lady can do. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get into the episode of Ava Keenan on mogul skiing and making the Olympics in 2030. Hey, Ava, to kick things off, my, my first question to you is, when did you first decide you wanted to go to the Olympics? I think I first decided that I wanted to go to the Olympics when I was about nine years old. And I had just finished my first season of mogul skiing. And I was, I really liked it. I thought it was a great community. I was like, oh, I get to go fast and I get to do the jumps. So much fun. And then I was watching all these like competitive people compete. And obviously I'd watched Olympics in the past and I'm just overall super competitive person. And so to go to the largest competitive sporting event in the world, I was like, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. Those people look like they, they've got it all figured out. You know, I was like, I want to be that person one day. So I'm going to go there. And I was just kind of nine years old and just said it. And it kind of just stuck. And I've just been like working towards that ever since. Yeah. I find it fascinating that I think, so many world champions, when you go back and you and you know you listen to this to their story, they have that moment where they, like I remember seeing. There's a do you know Scotty James? He's like the Aussie snowboarder from from the uh, anyway. He is like half pipe. He uh, like has won one world championships before. And I saw a video where he's at school, young, like you know, twelve years ago or something. And they go, so what do you want to do when you grow up? I, I want to I want to win a gold medal at the Olympics or something and he's like sort of done that so uh yeah I find it fascinating so you've set this goal you're already charging towards it um what because I think that's where a lot of people fall down I think people dare to dream big 
and to go for that sort of stuff. Would you say, so you've set this big goal, like are there other things you do like routinely, daily? Do you have a poster on the wall? Do you write notes in a journal? What are the things that help you kind of like intrinsically inside you motivate you to keep going towards this goal? Okay, so I have bunk beds, right? And I'm on the bottom bunk. And so at the bottom of the top bunk, I have my goals and then I have my goals right there. So I, every time I lay down to go to bed, I can see it. And I have a poster that I did myself with all the Olympic rings on it and a gold medal at the bottom, 2030 Olympics. And I put that up there too. So every day I wake up, go to bed and I see that and it just motivates me to get there. Yeah. And I bet, do you have this feeling just inside you, this, this very strong feeling that helps, you know, you get through the days where you're tired or you're over it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So let's, let's take a step back from that. So to get to somewhere like that, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to do the work. You've got to get technique right and everything. If someone like, say, we're going to try and help other people who are going to get into, you know, improve their mobile skiing. Do you think, can you think of one or two drills that really impacted you helped your technical mogul skiing? I think my number one was just regular old short swings. And that's where you just go on the flats and you make these when you, and you make these tighter turns. But the thing about these tighter turns is it's not just like a push, right? You actually have uh-huh. to like pop into it. So it's like a really, 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 really like miniature turn but it helps a lot what would be like the the tempo like i'm gonna like how fast would each turn probably like it for us like uh it kind of depends on a lot of things but i try to do like boom 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 like about that tempo and it has to how you're gonna ski bumps right like the rhythm you're probably capable of yeah as you get better at those you can go faster because believe it or not it's actually pretty difficult to go faster on those flats doing that but it has all the same components as a mogul turn so it's definitely they're incredibly similar and they translate very well the problems i have in the moguls are the same problems i have in the flats vice versa what's 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 one problem you've gotten better at then that that you could see on the flats that you've worked on improving uh, I tend to keep my vision down. So when I'm in the flats, I'm always thinking about looking up and it's easier to do that in the flats because not as much is, is going on. But yeah. once you start to build that muscle memory, it'll eventually translate over. It'll make it easier for you to do that in the moguls. Yeah. And did you find it was hard to, in the beginning, to get away from, because it's very easy to just push the turns, isn't it? Push, push, heel, push, heel, push. Yes, that's yeah, what was, it does to start too. So, so how do you get, and, and you know, every adult does as well. Yeah. So t- help us. How would you, what was the new feeling? How, like, or how long did it take to stop pushing and start kind of like rolling on and then steering? I'm still not there yet. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm getting better for sure. I'm definitely not as like, but I'm still definitely not on like a full carve yet. So yeah, but I, I've noticed that it kind of just helps if you take it slow. Flats definitely help with that turn because you're not scared on the flats. 
So yeah. you're not going fast. So if you just take it slow or you go in the moguls really slow and you just like, and yeah, you just visualize also what you want it to look like. I know I'll do that. Like before I go to bed, like just watching my tips hit the bump right now. I'm kind of like, eh, like that instead of, you know, like okay, that. Cool. For so, the people that maybe are listening to this and can't see that because, uh, what you talked oh, about there, yeah. I think, is a really important uh, step that everyone goes through as they get 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 into moguls. So I'll try and help explain maybe the start. But you you're talking about most people come to the moguls like almost like a hockey stop into them, yeah. Like you kind yeah. of slam them sideways. Now the yes. better skiers actually like pierce the the tips of the skis into the bump down the hill first, and and they don't actually hockey stop into it. Yeah. So yeah, how how long did it take you to start getting that that concept and that? happening i think i just started understanding it a little better now to fix it la this last year uh-huh. so it took me about three and a half years just to understand how i can start changing that and how i'm able to get better at being more direct and it also just comes with like if there's any younger kids out there that are frustrated with it it also just comes with getting bigger and stronger because you have to be pretty strong to be able to just point your tips into it. Yeah. So I that that is also helping, just getting taller, stronger. I'd say that's adults too, because yeah, yeah, a lot of people listening here too, but they probably don't get to ski as much as as you do. So also the athleticism, like that's that's part of it. Okay, mm-hmm. so then, do you think a part of the reason is like people are people are it's scary to go tips in to the mogul, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it's kind of surprising, isn't it? Because it, when you get it right, it's, it doesn't like what you think is going to happen, which is flip over your, your tips. It doesn't happen. Does it? It makes it, no, it does not happen. And it makes it no. so much easier to get down that run. I've done like a couple really good turns. That's about it. Like a couple really good ones where I really truly pointed it straight. And I'm like, whoa, that was so smooth. When people yeah. tend to hockey stop into it, you know, their upper body kind of buckles over. That's right. It rocks them and their absorption gets all off. But when you just do that, it's like, whoa, that would make yeah, you can stuff. absorb. Yeah. You can absorb, right? The hockey yeah. stop where you can't really absorb because you kind like, of like sideways into it instead of like the way humans are, are built to absorb is straight onto something. You know, we jump off something, we absorb straight in, in a straight line with our bodies. Yeah, you can definitely still absorb, but it's not as smooth and it, it's yeah. kind of like shaky. And But when you just point the tips in, everything just flows along so much nicer and it's very visible to see that. Yeah. And it's very cool. So then you you go ahead. What are you going to say? Oh yeah. Some of the big things that help you is if you have some fresh snow on your course or just in the free bumps, really focus on it there. That's what I've been starting to do. Like, especially last year, instead of free skiing some days, I'd like go over to the course and really just focus on pointing them straight there because it helps you gradually build confidence and then you can do it when yeah, there's-, there's a bit of a cushion on them instead yeah, of them being rock exactly. hard you've got this maybe like three four inches of of cushion there that you can kind of trust and yeah, and it also kind of slows you down without you having yeah. to do as Turning. much yeah exactly yeah yeah totally so another thing i know i've only a few times tried 
proper mogul skis, like the ones that are behind you, those ID ones behind you. But tell us about the first time you tried a proper mogul ski and how that feels compared to trying to describe to us how that feels different to a regular ski and maybe even connect that with the tip piercing thing. Okay. So my first year of competitive mogul skiing, I did not have a proper mogul ski. They're kind of like thicker and they were shaped weird and different. And it was mostly just because I didn't know that I was like fully committed to moguls yet. But the next year I got the proper mogul ski. I definitely noticed it because they're not so thick and heavy you're and you're able to do so much more with them and they definitely have some more tip flex so you're able to go into the mogul with some more bend and which makes it easier to see that more direct line yeah yeah so so if we were to say it then like how narrow what's do you know the waist width of your skis behind you like are they oh i Maybe it says there. Does it? Yeah, maybe grab them. Because I, I remember, I can't remember what it was, but speaking to Stephen Fearing, an ex-World Cup coach, over coach, I, I want to say it's like, it's because like, a World Cup race ski is like 66. Yeah. Underfoot. And I think those are narrower, like maybe even. It's a 62 know? underfoot. Six, yeah. So it's even yeah. narrower. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's easy because easier, you have to be so fast foot to foot in the moguls, right? Like <laughs> left foot, right foot, left foot. And that narrow width, just like an, an ice skate you can just go bam bam yeah right? makes and it so, so much easier to just like switch over faster yeah and yeah. then the side cut thing because what you're describing there also is that you know like a lot of skis that people ski on the piece they have this big shape in them so the tips wide tails wide waist is narrow these ones are not like do you know what the radius of those skis are they, like, i mean they're quite straight right that they're, they're oh, not yeah. really turny are they they're they don't just, they're just like a toothpick so i guess top yeah Thumbs up like a little bit and then it's just go straight, 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 straight. And it yeah, and it stays straight all the way to the bottom and it come it flares out a tad at the bottom. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and compared to like, do you ever ski on normal skis much? Uh not really. I'll when we get like a fair amount of snow, I'll take out like my powder skis. And getting on those compared to these is crazy. It feels like I'll have like paddles on my feet or something they feel like so way heavy. heavier and yeah and like, yeah and yeah, just harder yeah. to like move around these just feel slow like rolling so on the light. edge and yeah exactly yeah, yeah all those things really 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 help and then what about so then you you're noticing like that that technique of skiing into the bump with the tips more the skis behind you probably mogul skis that the flex pattern in in the front of the ski is different to a normal ski too is that right yeah yeah it it allows it allows you to be able to like flex it more which makes it easier and more comfortable to get the tip direction yeah okay cool hey so when you start out proper mogul training so you go right i'm going to make the olympics you know say my son he's he's six maybe he he joins in a couple of years a club or something do you remember some of the, like, how early on do you learn absorption? Do you remember that? Is it pretty early on? Is it it's, not as big focused? Oh, I think I started working on it and focusing on it uh, three quarters of the way through my first year. Yes, yeah, so pretty early on. Yeah. 
uh, or maybe the beginning of my second year, but okay. you, it, most people it kind of just starts to come with it as you start learning other things. And so then you start to work on it as you start to understand it without people like telling you, I know mm-hmm. I didn't, no one told me to like absorb. It just kind of started happening once I got better. So there's not really like a set age, but if someone doesn't like fully understand it, then they'll probably start teaching it to you like right away. But I didn't yeah. start like focusing, focusing on it to about my on, on like technique of absorption until yeah, yeah more than second season. And what what were some things you learned that helped maybe refine your absorption? Like, is there is there a common problem you would say you see with other kids, maybe not as good at learning or adults even when they go to try and absorb, they do this versus what should you be doing? Can you give us some insight into that? I see a lot of people when they go to absorb, they just don't absorb enough, which makes okay, it. So range. So they, they absorb, yeah. they think they're bending a lot, but they bend hardly any. But they're not. Or a big problem, which I struggled with. I see a lot of younger kids struggling with, adults struggling with, is all absorb with their chest. So they bring little, yeah. their chest down to their knees. So they kind of turn into like this whole rocking situation. Instead of just bringing your knees up, they bring their chest down to it and it just throws off your entire turn. So yeah, I worked yeah. on that as well. And how did you fix yeah. that? Cause that's a hard one. I would yeah. I'd agree. That is a really hard one. I got my hips up. So when your hips are back, it kind of already kind of puts your chest in like this weirder, more bent over position. So you can't really support yourself enough when you hit that mogul, especially when you like slam into it and then everything you will just like, like buckle yeah. over your head will bob your chest will drop so getting if you get your hips up you already have a more structural like uh more sturdy the, position to keep you upright it's going to encourage the the knees coming up instead of the, the upper yeah. body coming yeah it, it makes it harder for that chest to buckle over yeah okay cool and do you use an absorption tank much yes so it's it's kind of hard for us to build it because the racers get a lot of get a lot of space. We have like the small little sliver of our space, but if we have the space, we'll try and build one. And it, I definitely notice a difference when I use it because it's so smooth and it, and it really emphasizes everything you're doing wrong, but it also makes it easier to fix it. So totally. I know. Yeah. So I use it a I lot. Think every also. ski resort if it has moguls, I think the resort should build a mogul tank. And so, so people know what we're talking about here. It's basically like a wave of rollers that are shorter together on a pretty mellow pitch that you can just yeah. practice absorption extension without, and, and you can add turns in if you want, or you can just go straight at it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I use it a lot when I go to summer camp as well, because uh, the camp I go to momentum camps, they build a really good absorption tank. So I use that as well. Yeah. I remember hearing uh, that there was this great, I'm not sure if you've seen it, like Canadian mogul skiing video that was made maybe seven years ago. And like they kind of give tips. And one of the tips they talk about is like, hold your absorption. Do you know what I'm talking I, about? When? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. speak to, like, is that something you also learned? Like patience in not, it's you don't want to just absorb and kind of throw it away because when people do that they like a lot of this comes back to throwing your feet out so when you Uh hold your absorption more it keeps it so that you're able to get smoother down the back side of the mogul 
and then that translates into putting your tips out. So when you absorb and you get out right away, your feet get in front of you, and you can't do much besides there except push it out. Because you got no room. Yes, Dude, exactly. You're on top of this mogul, and the only place you can't push down, so you kind of push out. And yeah. so this this tip of like hold your absorption is hold that squashed up position for a few microseconds longer until you and and then you got that space to go down into the into the bump and keep the skis more facing down the hill yeah and if you hold your absorption you get to the back side of it and you're like and you just are now starting to release even if you go to push out you won't have as much time to do it so you're not gonna so you're still gonna be making like a pretty decent turn because you're already so close to, to that next mogul. Even if you want to push out, I don't think you'd really have the time to fully push out, which would then correlate into like a nicer turn, even though you weren't even trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what, uh, what about pole work and hands? You spend a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us I, about that. <laughs> I struggle with my hands a lot. I still struggle. I kind of, reach forward with my right hand, my left hand gets stuck back and then it does this weird dropping thing. And I've definitely- like that kind of happens low. just on the right side more than the left? Is yeah. Is like so, asymmetry? Yeah, I need, they're yeah. not really symmetrical and I'll be so aggressive with the right side of my body and then my left side will get left behind and my left hand will tend to drop. And so my run will kind of like, it kind of just like goes like that. And then my left okay. hand on pole plant, it looks nice because I don't have as much control over it. And so I don't feel the need to like rush because I'm just not like thinking that because I just don't have as much control over my left hand. And then as soon as I get to my right hand, it kind of like doesn't work out very well. So a big thing is just to wait, be very patient with your pole plants because when you start to pole plant on the front side, it'll just like boop, bring your hand like super far back. So it'll react by the, 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 the bump will push into the pole and push your arm back. Yeah. And then that messes up a lot of things that could completely throw you off balance. So you want to be very patient and tap on the backside and don't try and tap on the backside. Like how I do it by reaching with your whole uh -huh. side of your body. Yeah. Just with your wrists as it's there. You don't even want to reach. You just want to get a nice flick with your wrists. As yeah. So your arm doesn't extend your body doesn't kind of like it's all one unit. The, the wrist is all is the action. And so you're kind of waiting for everything to get over the backside of the mogul to pole plant instead of trying to get, like your hand and your pole in front is that right sometimes yeah sometimes it could be okay if your arm kind of does this i know some people do that when they're trying to get rid of like the like the big reach if your okay. arm does this because it like straightening your elbow well. for the people that can't see she's she's just straightening your elbow sorry. yeah sorry and so if you like bring your elbow in and then back out it hides pretty well because if you're going pretty fast the judge it's you're not all over the place off balance it's uh -huh. just like in out in out in out in out and then once you get better at that, then it's all the pull flick. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. you spent you're, you're like this season. You're going to be working on your your hands and poles quite yeah. a bit. Because yeah. you sometimes it'll like when I go to here, it'll completely throw my whole body off balance, and that leads to like a lot of my crashes or blowouts or like getting out of control. Cool. Hey, so switching topics here because we were chatting with your dad was. Uh, just with us before, how did you get into skiing? Because uh, there's some some unique things here. I mean, from memory, what he was saying. I mean, one, you you were for your age, U.S. national champion last year in moguls. Junior national champion. Junior so national like, champion. Yeah. 
what does that mean for duels so it was just for my age group so f15 it's f13 and f15 so it's girls 11 to 13 and then 13 yeah and then 13 to 15 so in that I was an F15 dual champion and then runner up for singles, like just one person at a time. And then, and then the F13 dual and single champion. Yeah. And then also your, like your back, your heritage is, uh, your Africa, African American. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, so talk to us about, because your dad got you into this sport and anything on, on that side, that's interesting to, to let the audience know about. Like how did it all start? Okay, so I've been skiing since I was just turned two. So I remember like the first time I went skiing, I went on those little bunny hill with like those really small like plastic ski things. And I would just start going and and my dad would be like, do the pizza, do the pizza. And I'd start pizza (laughs) out again and then bring it back in again, do that out again. And then once I got a little bit better at that, I joined this. I joined this, um, it was called, it's called Devo at our, I actually hadn't even joined that yet. It's just like this little group of all these small children and they'd bring them to the bunny hill. So my dad could go off and ski. He didn't have to be with me anymore. <laughs> and they'd bring them to the bunny hill and they would just do the same drills. And then you'd start to level up on the bunny hill. And once you got there, you could go to the big mountain, which is a big deal. And then, then you would just start progressing from there. And after I got a little tired of Devo. I went to Ski Club Vale and started mogul skiing, which I didn't was, even. I didn't was even. Was your know. dad a skier? Was he, has he always been a skier? He's always been a. He's not really. So he never competitively. He never skied competitively. Okay. And he started really skiing in his twenties when he moved here from Boston. So he had skied a little bit when he was younger, but not very much. Okay. Okay. So where, where did his desire to be like, I'm going to make sure my family has the opportunity to ski. And I think it seems like that's definitely there, right? That's part of your, your, the opportunity you've got here, like your dad and your mom and stuff like they've given that to you. Yes. Yeah. So my dad just, he wanted to go skiing. And when he, he had kids, he was like, all right, well, when I go skiing and their mom isn't here, I don't want to have to go like stay them stay here with them so I guess they'll have to be good enough to come ski with me and so I think that was his big motivation to get (laughs) us to start skiing and he had no aspirations of us becoming competitive skiers at all he just wanted us to all be good enough to ski with each other just yeah ski anywhere we wanted on the mountain without having to like worry about it and just all ski together and it's just kind of like tumbled into a lot more okay yeah, yeah, nice. So can I ask you then, because my son, Archie, he's just turned six and he's also had the opportunity to come overseas a lot with the skiing I do in Australia. Uh, but I'm scared. I don't want to ruin his love of, of it by maybe pushing him. Would Is there any advice you can give me that that helps, that would maybe help or even help other parents what kids really love about skiing maybe in the early days before you kind of maybe turn nine, 10 and you start thinking about more like, yeah, I'm actually, I really want to do this more competitively or not. Oh, that's a hard question. That's a hard question, but I don't think, I don't think that 
at such a young age, you can really take their love away from it yet if they don't really even know how much they like it. If I like, I don't know. When I was, like, would you, uh, w- did you used to like, would you always look forward to skiing or sometimes, you know, when you're six, seven, you're kind of like, Oh, I could, I would actually also just, I want to go play with my friend or. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. then okay. when my dad would bring me out there, I'd always start having a good time. So yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's, if your son doesn't want to go skiing one day, but you know, he ends up going anyway. I mean, he's probably the time. having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And did you, did you make a lot of friends in the, like this Vail ski groups and that sort of stuff? Have you got friends still from those? No, not still Uh anymore, but no, not still anymore, but I'll still see them on the Hill occasionally. We'll say hi, but like, we don't like stay in touch all the time, but I made, yeah, lot, lots of friends. It was really good experience. Yeah. Cool. And you have a good group of friends around you in, in the competitive environment now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot like, of you call- really nice people, really cool people. Yeah, awesome. Ooh, are they almost your friendship kind of group at the moment? Are they, are they like, do you even outside of skiing? Or is it sort of like when you, when it's ski season, that time, that's when you really hang out a lot with them? You so different, different group of friends outside of that. When there's like different people from other mountains, it's just like we'll like talk to each other sometimes, but we're really just friends like during that like, ski like competitive season because that's when we actually get to see each other but with just the kids in my group either most of them are a fair amount older than me so there's only about two or three people that I'll actually hang out with a lot outside of skiing and the rest is just the people from my school and stuff because none of them are like in my grade so it makes it kind of difficult to be with them all the time yeah yeah okay cool Hey, switching back to more tech technique kind of stuff. Do you do you get a lot of video of your own skiing? Is that yes, helpful? I do. Like it just is about super every helpful. run. We do, yeah. We do video review. I just came back from a chilly trip and we'll do video review every night after dinner. And every every per every single person, every run that they did that day, we'll go over as a group. And sometimes we'll be at that table for like an hour like on the long ones, sometimes like an hour and 15 minutes and it got really long, but it's all worth it. Especially watching other people ski is really helpful too. Yeah. Like can that chili trip, is there something that stood out from the video that maybe you, you couldn't feel or you weren't aware of, but is maybe if like, is that where you got the hand thing? You're like, right, done. I'm going to fix this. Or like, what's, what have you picked up recently from video analysis? Of your uh, I need to get more absorption. I'm not absorbing enough, which is kind of making it so that I'm wanting to push out more, just like finish the turn and push out more, like I mentioned earlier. Right, so, okay. So I need to hold that absorption, like you were saying, get it up longer, and then I'll be able to kind of like pump down the backside and get a nicer carved turn. Got but, it. So, so more range and don't and, and hold it for longer. Would it be? both those things yes yes yeah. and there's some things that you can feel in your skiing like if you really start to think about it like my hands I know with my hands that like when I'm going down the run that they're kind of wacky and weird and I'll know with other things too if my chest starts to drop like you can definitely feel that because your mm-hmm. whole body like shakes so yeah. you kind of start to fix things in the run as you feel it but there are some things that you can only see in video afterwards yeah okay so yeah, after seeing that, you're 
Okay, and sorry, that was the other thing I was going to say because helpful to other people, it's like if they have video of themselves, what you would see in order to need to fix that was that kind of you you were pushing out sideways. You're doing the hockey stop going kind of lateral with your legs instead of them being more under you. Mm-hmm. And then what you talked about there is is the is the technical focus to fix that happening. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Yes. And what about uh, have you done any sort of playing around with boots? Do you find there like have you had boots that have worked better? Have you do you do anything special there? Like spoilers, mm-hmm. heel lifts. No, not necessarily. I've always rode in the full tilts. Uh, I guess since I started mogul skiing, so my first year I didn't. I don't know what boot I was in, just kind of like the generic, you know, boot that kind of boot. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then I switched over to full tilt. They fit my feet well. They were comfortable, and I've been with those for a couple for years. For a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you just you just put them on, heat mold the liners, and off you go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. It'd be interesting because I, I mean, I haven't skied much in a three piece boot like what you're talking about, the full tilt, but they definitely work better for moguls and tricks because they allow your ankle to flex a whole lot more. I mean, I don't know if you know, when you ski with some of your friends, you probably can flex your ankle better than a lot of them. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Their boot are a lot more stiff and they're, yeah. So with mogul skiing, that's nice because it's able, it makes it so that you can get like the, your weight to the front of your ski more so that you're not riding in the back. And doing that kind of chest forward bum back thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And what about ski tune to you? Do you have any, like, how do you set up your edges? What's a good mogul ski tune? Do you Ooh. know, am I catching you out here or does someone else do it for you? Yeah. Someone else does it for me. I do not, I don't do it. Okay. So you, okay. Right. Okay. Does that, yeah. does your dad do it or does uh, one of your coaches? Like a shop that we have in Vail. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That could be an interesting one maybe to 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 look into only because I know like I've found finding the ideal ski tune and making sure it's consistent just takes that out of the equation as like a really, you know, it's just, it's just, you can do, sometimes that can actually make things not good if the ski tune's not set up ideal for what you're trying to do with it. So uh, interesting because I know ski, you, ski races at your age, when they get to that point, they're all tuning their skis, a lot of the good ones themselves. So uh, it could be another competitive advantage, Ava, right? Yeah. You know, something you could. Definitely for racers, they have more of an advantage to know what their like tuning is or to know how to tune because it gets, because they have to do it like all the time for like multiple pairs of skis. And so it starts to become less expensive when they know and learn how to do it themselves and they get taught all that and stuff. But yeah, for sure. I definitely think I could benefit I could benefit from knowing more about that. Yeah. I don't mean overstep the line there. It just seems like, you know, you're on your way to this incredible goal. It's just, yeah, could be awesome. Oh yeah. No, you weren't overstepping the line. No. Okay. No problem. And okay. So then what, uh, are there any particular challenges you've, you've really found difficult in the last sort of maybe three, four years? Like, can you remember one that you're like really frustrated with or might not even be a technical thing? Uh, Just, I don't, I haven't had a lot of problems in like my first two years, but these past, this past like year and a half, just 
you know, schedule starting to get busier, more schoolwork, more training. So just disciplining myself to get up and actually go to the trainings and do everything I need to do and come home and do schoolwork. Those have been some of my challenges and I've been starting to like work with it better. And I've learned how to manage my time better for sure. And any just, tips there? Cause even for myself, like, cause I know that is, that is tricky, right? Yeah. You got to balance sure. everything. What have we, what have you found works? Um, just during the day, I'll make, I'll realize how much fun I'm having. And then I wake up in the morning and I don't want to go. I'll just like remind myself, like, just remember when you get there, you have fun. It made me hard for this hour where you're getting ready in the morning. Once you get there, you're going to have fun. You're going to start learning stuff. So it's a, it's a little bit more difficult. I'm not going to lie when it's like the flat season and you're just doing these like flats on without any moguls or anything like that. It starts to become like a little moment. Yes. Like, like the a, moment. yes. When we just yeah. go out with our group and we do like these short sections and get these feedback, it does become a little bit boring. So it's a little harder to want to become motivated. But I always just tell myself, if I do this, it'll make the moguls better, which will be more fun. And it'll all pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm just keep reminding yourself of how, how that links towards your end, end yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Cool. Well, Ava, I've, I've really enjoyed our chat. Um, is there anything else you want to you mention I mean, I think I haven't kind of said it, I would have said in the beginning, but, you know, 13 years old, where you're currently tracking, uh, you're going to be doing tricks this season. that I don't think from your knowledge, anyone else in your sort of age and, and category is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what are you hoping, what are you hoping to bring as the goal for the end of the 2024 season? Where have you got kind of like, that's what I want to do at the end of 2024? I want to be able to throw a back truck, which is like a backflip, but you kind of have your skis straight, straight out, like your legs are straight out and you have to like bend down and grab both of them and kind of like pull them apart. It's really weird trick. You guys look it up though. It's super cool. Yeah. Truck driver, backflip, truck driver kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, And then on the top air and then throw a cork on the bottom air and ski both of them out in a full run by the end of the year. That's my goal. Nice. Final mm-hmm. question then. Can you mind, can you currently mind ski that run already? If you know what I mean? Like visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't for sure. I've okay. been doing since I went on that trip to Chile, I started realizing that like that could be an actual goal because both of those tricks were like pretty were like they had a pretty doable good start and, to them. Yeah, doable. Yeah. Exactly. And so I it, I've been able to visualize it more, just coming off that top jump and grabbing that truck, pulling it apart, and hitting a huge cork on the bottom there. Yeah, awesome. Well, I hopefully get to watch that on your Instagram or YouTube. Speaking of that, where can people follow you? Uh Instagram. It's Ava.keenan. Super simple. Ava.keenan on Instagram. And then I have my website, avakeenan.com. Sell and stuff like this, like my sweatshirts, my hats, and I have a whole bunch of other stuff. So you guys should go check that out. Yeah, yeah. And all that helps you get towards that goal, right? That's why you're setting all that stuff up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. People should check it out. I've gone and and looked at it. I'm following you now. So I'm going to be really keen and and interested in, in tracking your progress. Best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having uh, me. 
Yeah, no problems, Ava. And we'll we'll uh hopefully I'll I'll be I'll be commenting on that video. Maybe it's in March or something with like, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye.